Fanatical L Show, part of the L Network. We are a bunch of wild and crazy Cleveland Browns fans, bringing you all the latest in Browns news. Tune in now. Welcome and good evening to another episode of the Fanatical Elves Show. I am your host tonight, Johnny, John Suchan. Uh, I'd like to welcome our crew. We've got Steve Gill up there uh, in the top right corner if you're watching on uh, YouTube or on Twitter. We've got down below, we got Sam, or I'm prone in the wrong way here, Sam, all the way from Texas. And then we have the Village Elliot. Welcome, all of you. How is everybody? Go Browns. All Go right. Browns. We are part of the Fans First Sports Network, and uh, we've had a full week of drafts last week, um, and we were going to talk about our, our picks. The Browns did relatively well from um, points of view that we've heard uh, from a variety of sources this week. The Browns have been busy also picking up some additional players through free agency. We're going to be breaking that down a little bit today. We're going to talk a little bit about Brown's history, our cardiac time, go back in time. And, uh, you know, if we're going to finish off with our giveaway, we are giving away our, our Brown's T-shirt again this week. We appreciate everybody following along our, our podcast. That we're growing our, our brand. Um, and so spread the word if you are a Browns fan to come over to listen to our podcast. So again, welcome everybody. Um, Sam, I know that you're brand new to our group tonight and we were happy to have you. I know Sam and I have had, uh, we've had a show before uh, together one time. And, uh, so welcome Sam. How, how are things down in Texas tonight? Uh, it's warm. It's like 85 degrees. The high was 95 yesterday. Um, so I'm not happy about that. Uh, but it's it's been hot, but it's been it's been nice. We've had a couple rainstorms a couple weeks ago, but overall it's been a pretty chill couple of couple like past week. Well, Sam, we're just happy. You know, we're a bunch of old guys on a Saturday night. We're just we're just impressed that you're spending the evening with us um, Browns here uh, on a Saturday. So we we appreciate you. He is a rising star down there. He's doing all sorts of on his own. So we're really excited to have him. Uh, on board tonight. Uh, Steve, welcome. How are you tonight? Excellent. It's Saturday night. We're talking Browns. Excellent. How could you not be happy about that? 
Right. <laughs> we're always what happy. What are you doing? We're, we're, we're always happy. Am I still there? Yeah, I'm, I'm yeah, just sitting cool. here in Nashville, Tennessee, with about 150,000 Swifties. So, you know. <laughs> <laughs> that's, all, that's always fun. I was telling my, uh, you know, my stepdaughter, I think I mentioned this before to everybody, that um, they've gone down to Nashville. I think you call them the Wahoo. Oh, the Woohoo Girls. The Woohoo Girls. Yeah, we got uh, bachelorette right. parties going on, too. So, yeah. Oh, we always like those. Uh, Fun yeah, times with all the Swift. It. You call them Swifties? Is that is that what you're calling them? Swifties? Taylor Swift. Yeah, her fans are called Swifties. Oh, yeah. She's from <laughs> uh, just east of here, uh, Hendersonville, Tennessee. Oh. So. Did not know. That. Yeah. Yeah. Elliot, welcome. Well, thank you very much. I don't know if you've if, been uh, busy this week. You, Elliot, you've been busy this week. With, with I'm our, always our busy. I'm always busy um, designing nuclear reactors this week in addition to worrying about the Cleveland Browns. I don't know if football makes me happy, maybe one part happy and one part angry at any point in time. But uh, I, I did feel that the Cleveland Browns had a reasonable draft. I think it's important, however, to recognize that the draft is a relatively minor source of talent right. for any given year. Rookies don't do very much at any point in time. If you get production out of a rookie, you're lucky. They yeah. uh, they tend to if 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 they get their uh, you know uniform on and wear it correctly, that's pretty good. Right. <laughs> Right. I find it interesting that uh, Elliot said uh, uh, designing nuclear reactors and thinking about Cleveland Browns, the, the symmetry there is just <laughs> astounding. Well, football is actually more complicated than a nuclear reactor. The reactor is I pretty simple it. and obeys physical laws. The Cleveland Browns do not. <laughs> so, I can tell you some things about nuclear reactors, and I'm usually right. When I make predictions about the Cleveland Browns, I'm usually wrong. So you draw your own conclusions about what you think is more complicated and which subject I am more competent to talk about. But well, we had, hey guys, we did about eight or nine hours. I factored in all the time we were on air last weekend. So we're I'm still recovering from that. I don't know about you guys. That was a long weekend. <laughs> But we're trying to give you some good insight, and these guys here are really good at that, and they they follow the team like you guys who are listening, and that's what we want to bring to you guys every every time we bring you a show, and hopefully that you'll agree or disagree with what we're saying to you uh, or we're mentioning about the Browns, but we're passionate fans like all of you, so thank you for coming aboard and, and listening to our shows. Um, so this past week's been a busy week. We've had we've collected some new players through free agency or at least one in particular that hopefully might shore up some, some need. Um, and I can't for the life of me think of the kid's first name. Last name is McLeod. Rodney, played, Rodney McLeod. And he's played with yeah. the Philadelphia Eagles. He's played with uh, the, um, in the Iowa, in Indiana or <laughs> Indianapolis Colts. Um, what are your guys' thoughts on that? Steve, you want to go talk a little bit about that first and we'll, we can go around? I love, I love this signing. 
I, I really do. I, I, you know, I, I pimped the two guys that played safety, backup safety for Tennessee because they knew Jim Schwartz. I didn't think the Browns would have a chance of signing this guy. Yeah. 12-year veteran. He knows Schwartz's defense. He's got a Super Bowl ring. Another guy brought in Super Bowl ring. You need that veteran experience. He knows Jim Schwartz's defense, and that's important. And this secondary, wow. Uh, after Better. the draft, picking up Cameron Mitchell, who I know John loved, I loved. I mean, uh, Elliot loved, I loved. And, uh, yeah, this – I'm very impressed Good. so far. Yes. Elliot, what do you think? Well, I'll take a little bit of an oppositional viewpoint just because I normally do. But, uh, <laughs> you know, 12-year veteran, that's fine. But for a defensive back, that's kind of old, don't you think? I mean, how fast is he at this point in his career? Uh, is he going to be able to get through an entire season? Uh, I think that I'd rather have a young kid, uh, maybe somebody that's more like Sam's age, <laughs> That's right, Sam. Yeah, I can run real fast and cover these blazing. How fast, fast can you run the forty, this. Sam? I haven't tested it yet, but probably maybe a four-five. I'd say. Yeah, I, I think so. Okay. So uh, I don't. I don't know. I I think we just really have to wait and see what we've got in summer camp. Can he really still do it? He's going to have to prove it. Right, Sam. What are your thoughts on the? You, I mean, McLeod is an older guy. What do you think about that signing? Uh, I think the fact that he played with uh, Schwartz is pretty important because having that connection already made can help players feel more comfortable in that new situation. Right. Uh, I think I think he 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 was a pretty pretty solid player when back in his prime. He was a pretty good player, <laughs> and especially for defensive backs, as you age, you obviously will get slower, and so I think speed will definitely be a a, a concern. But we'll see how he performs in summer camp. If he like, if he still got that speed and got that ability to really move along uh, during coverage through summer camp, I think he'll be uh, a pretty good signing. But it just really relies on what he actually does in training camps and stuff yeah. like that. Ex yeah, good. I think. Well, um, the, the, yeah, the Steve key the key is he's he's the number three safety. Yes, mm -hmm. and that's what I was just going to mention. Yeah. And Belfit are starting, so yeah. He's right. just got to come in. Uh, I, I, I just, I like this signing. Uh, we needed a. They didn't draft a safety. I wanted them to draft a safety right. this past weekend, as you both, uh, you and Elliot both know. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I like the veteran presence. Uh, you got to wonder go with Delphit and Thornhill. I mean, I, I, I imagine, and maybe you guys have some more insight on this, but there are still several free agents out there and okay that we've signed the the safety but now there's still i think there's a possibility that we still go after a defensive end like uh frank clark who well, played with the chiefs a little expensive that, that right clark, it I is what what frank now clark, frank clark oh wow frank clark i really like him he's a pretty good player that i think could fit in but he's he is a little expensive what was the the uh there was a running back also tied to our team this week jackson Last name Jackson used to play with the Lions. That's not ringing a bell. No. Okay. All right. Well, but <laughs> I, 
they do need the they do need another running back. Yes, I'll, yes. I'll give you that. I, I was going to mention that that we didn't really address that need during the draft, mm -hmm. and um, you know, last season the Browns just really didn't use their backup running backs even during the so-called garbage time. They didn't give no. carries to like Dearness Johnson. Uh, what was he on the bench for? Uh, right. You know, they, they really needed to, I think, reduce the workload of their star running backs when they had the opportunity, but they didn't do it. And uh, I think they needed to have a, an effort to spread the workload around. In fact, one of the things that I, that I held against the coaching staff was, remember the one game where they had injuries to both Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb, and they wouldn't put in Dearness Johnson until it was too late, and Kareem Hunt wound up aggravating an injury? Was that last um, year? Uh, was the year before last. Yeah, it was two actually. years ago. I uh -huh. remember that game, yeah. And... Um, that that was really just dumb, and um, they didn't have that happen to them last year, but it very well could have because mm -hmm. they didn't use Dearness Johnson at all. And Lord knows that they had enough garbage time where the game was lost, and they could have just used a running back or put him in, uh, you know, just to – make sure that they didn't have an injury to Nick Chubb. And I think they should right. have found time to do that. Um, there was a couple running backs that went undraft or they did, well, they weren't drafted. McIntosh, mm -hmm. I think was one name that I heard uh, the Browns blitz with Rod and, and his brother, Jeff were talking to um, an expert there earlier this week. They were talking, do you, are you familiar with that name? McIntosh I'm trying to think which school he played for. He was coming out of college. Um, but he went undrafted. I don't know which team he went to, but that was one name. Um, so do you do the Browns and go and go get another veteran? You know, Kareem's still out there. I know some people still want Kareem to come back. No. I don't see that happening. I don't either. Too late. Well, I, I'll tell you, this is my thought about Kareem, and I don't think that he was particularly healthy last year. Mm -hmm. And maybe if he heals up that he might actually be able to come back. But I think I want to see him run a 40-yard dash before I re-sign <laughs> him. I think he did lose a step, frankly. Yes. And it might have been that he left a few body parts on the field last <laughs> yep. season. And he just needs to really heal up. But he would just run a 40-yard dash for me against the stopwatch and that would resolve a lot of doubts that I have about him. Yeah. And I, and I think it was misman you know, load mismanagement is yeah. the, the um, concern that I have that I think that the Browns didn't use him right. They ran him when he was hurt and that really shortened his career potentially. And I think that they, That, yeah, that may not be recoverable. Now, like there's another player, Jarek McKinnon, who went back to the Chiefs. Yeah. That was another name that was floating out there. Um, I was disappointed to see that happen. Me too. Yeah. Um, they um, may well find a guy that's undrafted. I can't really say that, oh, yeah, I've scouted this guy and we're, yeah. 
my excellent eyeballs, I can tell you that he's going to definitely be able to get four and a half yards per carry for Cleveland Browns next year. I can tell you that because I'm an expert. Can't give you the scouting report like that, but it's very possible that that could happen. Let's give them a chance in summer camp to find that out. Sam, let me ask you this. First, let me say one thing. I'm very impressed with uh, Elliot's expert voice. (laughs) <laughs> oh, I think that's, that's spot well, do on. Do I sound like an expert? Yeah, spot on. Really, you had spot me. On. You had me laughing the other day. You, you, and Joel had your show with the um, football philosophy and rocket science, and you were doing that on the at some point. I think in the show, you you changed your voice up, and I was just dying. I thought it was hilarious. So, always an excellent okay. show. Um, Sam, <laughs> let me ask you this quick question, and we can go around the rest of the group just quickly before. I had a couple more follow-up questions. The, the the Browns did something they haven't done in 58 years, which is yeah. they, they drafted two Ohio State Buckeyes. They hadn't mm-hmm. done that since 1965. And since 65, they've only drafted 11 Browns total. Uh, Jim, uh, Paul Brown, you know, the founder of the Browns, also coached at Ohio State. So it hadn't been done. Now the Browns got two guys. Uh, Jones and then White is it Whipler? Whip Whipler. The, the center Whipler. So, yeah, um, Luke Whipler. What do you think of that with the Browns now signing a couple Buckeyes? Uh, I think that's fun. It's obviously a pretty short drive over to Cleveland, but I think we signed uh, Whipler is a center. Uh, Jones is a tackle. I saw Jones didn't let up a single sack uh, last year. I couldn't find any really good stats on him because most people don't track the He's stats. He's a big of, dude, uh, man. He's yeah, not, but like, I don't want to. <laughs> but most people don't track the stats of uh, offensive linemen because there really isn't many. But I think Dewan Jones is probably going to be important, especially with Jedrick Wills presumably leaving next year because he did sign that fifth year. But if he, but I, I assume Jedrick will leave uh, next year, and so I think Jones will take over for that, and then Whipler will probably be there when Pokek leaves. Uh, he'll sit there and gives them a couple of years to develop too. So I think it's just depth. It's he had a long, good career at Ohio State. Yeah. Oh yeah. What do you think, Steve? He's a he's a very uh, good developmental center. Uh, he's good with uh, blocking uh, angles. He's very smart. Uh, I I've seen where he's been called a technician, which is very good, but. Uh, you know, he's a little light right now, so he's going to be a, a developmental center. I, I assume he can also play guard, knowing Andrew Barry and his versatility in signing offensive and drafting offensive linemen. So, yes. as for Jones, guy's just huge. <laughs> I mean, this guy is huge. I love it. I, I, I mean, found Rod, Rod and Jeff were talking to their 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 expert again. I'm, uh, you know, Elliot, and but he this point about these big guys. Sometimes they get criticized because they're big and they don't think that they're doing what they're supposed to be doing or something. They're, 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 oh, this guy's athletic. He is here. athletic for his size. Right. He really is. <laughs> Elliot, what do you think of the of those the the, the Buckeye connection? Well, we haven't talked about Ronnie Hickman. I kind of mm. like him as much as the guys that they drafted. Uh, Ronnie Hickman is a safety from Ohio State, and he ran a 4.45 on the 40-yard dash. And so I'm thinking, well, what's wrong with that? 
that sounds pretty good to me. Um, so I think that he is a definite threat to make the team. And um, he, had I think an excellent, Browns- he had an excellent sophomore season at Ohio State. And then with last year as a junior, he was a little bit, I think that was his drafts, um, you know, status went down uh, just because he, he didn't play technically as well, according to, you know, things. But yeah, I think it's a great, I think it's a great pickup, you know. I, I think if they drafted him in the sixth round, nobody would have batted an eye. I'm more yeah. high on Tanner McAllister. Okay. Yeah, that's got that a higher cornerback. Uh, rel- yeah, he's got a safety corner, uh, mm-hmm. but he's got a, ha- a higher relative athletic uh, uh, score than uh, uh, Ronnie Hickman does. I mean, Ronnie Hickman is a football player. Yeah, I mean you can't yeah. really judge him on uh, on uh, you know computer stats and that like stuff. He's just got a nose for football, and I'm glad right. they signed him. But I kind of like the Tanner McAllister guy from Ohio State as well. So uh, they that, they signed yeah. they signed some pretty good rookie undrafted free agents. Oh, they did. Uh, so, yeah, the, the, Even the kid, kid from KU. From Kansas, uh, yeah, Kansas, uh, yeah, and they even gave a couple of them guaranteed money, which is kind of unusual because okay, so let me let me just one me, guy makes it from uh, rookie undrafted free agents. Let me throw this out to you, everybody, and then you guys can share out your thoughts here. So we've got all these really good, decent picks. We've got some undrafted guys that have come through, so we can only put fifty three guys on this roster. <laughs> there's yeah. got to be some veterans that are, you know, a little nervous right now. And I've heard Andrew Barry, general manager with the Browns and talked this last week or whatnot, talking about like the wide receiver room and some of the competition there. I've been writing, I read an, wrote an article for Northeastern Ohio sports insiders early in the week. And I'm writing one for dog daily this week about the wide receiver room and the crowd there, I guess, just in general, you know, what veterans across the board, either wide receiver or somewhere else, are we should we be thinking could potentially not make this team even though it seems like they should because they've been on the squad there's going to be some movement that we're not expecting right now so i guess if you had to predict what we might see or some players that might get cut or released that we might not suspect right now well uh, andrew steve you want to andrew go? Barry also in that interview said that they might sign some more free agents, but they also might do some trades, veteran trades. So I am assuming he's talking about trading away players to bring in other players for positions of need. So that's what I'm assuming. I mean, usually when Andrew Barry talks, you get no answers whatsoever. But he's been giving a he, little bit. That's the thing. Like when I heard yeah, that. Yeah, that's the thing. Right. That interview, he gave a little bit more than, if you can read between the lines, he, he gave was, a little bit more in. I thought he said something too about the wide receivers and like even like David Bell, who's going into his second year. Yeah. I'm writing this article about how, well, he should be a shoe in because he's his second year and usually they don't, they don't cut him. But in my article I'm writing Not for Dr. Daly, I'm saying he's on that list. He's on the bubble. He's got to get out there and prove himself. Um, he was Big Ten wide receiver of the year. Uh, you know, he caught everything that came his way in college, but didn't have a lot of production last year. So that's a that's a kid that I think 
could be cut. Everyone's assuming Anthony Schwartz is going to get cut just because he's Anthony Schwartz. Um, <laughs> so uh, do you have any other players, uh, Steve, before I let you go, and then maybe we have Sam go next? Well, traditionally, uh, Andrew Barry has kept six wide receivers. Uh, right. Last year he kept seven, but one was uh, the running back that they drafted from uh, UCLA the previous year. So you got to assume he's going to keep six wide receivers. Now, how many tight ends do they keep? They usually keep four. And then they used to have a fullback and, you know, you got Hakeem Grant who is going to be a punt returner. So that wide receiver room, I mean, I know. It's, you got Amari Cooper, you got DPJ, you've got uh, Marquise, uh, Marquise Goodman, you've got um, Is DPJ Tillman. at risk of being traded? Well, you know, last year of his contract. And That's what I'm suggesting, yeah. He's probably due, and I think Elliot might agree with us, 10 to $12 million on a on a, a new contract. Do you put that in? But then... Amari Cooper is getting 20 this year. Is he going to be back next year? So, you know, and then they're building for 2025 when the salary cap kind of gets a little funky. Sure. So, you know, Sam, you gotta... what, are your, what are your thoughts, Sam, on everything right now? Uh, like, that I, pers- I personally don't want to trade away DPJ. I know he's going to be due for a good amount of money, but I feel like the way he's going if he has a thousand yard season if he has the thousand yard season i think just keep him because it's not every day you get a pretty young thousand yard receiver and so i think if we're dropping him he gets a thousand yards we can expect him to keep growing uh in the next couple of years and then amari obviously he's a bit older uh he's gonna leave after next year if we don't resign him i think he's someone we still might consider uh signing up <laughs> like a one-year deal and then uh, Jakeem Grant Sr. is someone who I think uh, we might get rid of. Steve, I think you mentioned him. Uh, yeah. I think he's someone we might, might we might drop. But really, looking through the uh, looking through the depth chart, there isn't a whole lot of like really old guys that aren't like offensive linemen who are still pretty good. And so I think <laughs> I still think um, keeping DPJ should probably be in our best interest, depending on how this season yeah. goes. Yeah, Elliot, what do you what are your thoughts just on any of these veterans that what do you expect could happen? Oh, well, I actually agree with just about everything that that Sam said. I don't think that the Browns have any wide receivers that uh, cannot be cut except for Amari Cooper and Donovan Peoples-Jones. Mm-hmm. The Browns have no proven wide receivers beyond those two. Mm-hmm. Well, and, Elijah Moore is pretty good no yeah, elijah moore has well, marquis goodman no he's old they they have not done anything that proves that they are stars at the nfl level uh that by the way just not to change this i'll get right back to you elliot i i, I always forget this and maybe you guys know this too but you know marquis goodwin was in, in the, he was a participant finished 10th in the olympics in 2012 in the long jump, he actually returned 
in 2015, almost got back in in 2016, mm-hmm. but was slightly left off. So, I mean, the guy is an Olympian, which is amazing to me. And yeah, I, yeah, but we want to catch footballs. We're I, not I, I know that. Well, I'm sorry. He caught six touchdowns last year. Yes. So, yeah, in okay. a reduced that, role. That's, that's really nice. I actually, I know, I do like Marquise Goodwin. As you know, I think he's probably going to be. Uh, make the team, but uh, he is, um, how old is he, 32? Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't think it's impossible. Let's put it this way. If he was on a really deep team, he, he might not make it. But the Browns are not a deep team, and he probably will make it. But it's not because he's. See, now that that, now that perspective, Elliot, some people would disagree with that. And a lot of Browns fans think, now that we are this deep team, that we have all this talent, I know we've had this discussion with our colleague at Dog Brown Daily, Randy Gersey, about you know how much talent do the Browns actually have? You know, we all talk about it in the off season, like man, we're really talented, but no, there's there's potential on the team, but they haven't really established themselves as productive wide receivers, and the the New York Jets decided to divest themselves of Elijah Moore for a reason. David Bell did not produce yards. He did catch the ball, but he didn't make very many yards for the Browns. Jakeem Grant, we don't know if he's going to be able to recover from very serious operation from uh, surgery. And uh, I don't know that the Browns have depth of wide receiver. We think so. We hope so. But that's not proven. I think it's very possible to find wide receivers to cut. These guys have to step up and prove that they belong. Yes. It's not a case of proving that they can be cut. They have to prove that they belong on the team. So I think that, yeah, we could find people to cut. And the same with the offensive line. There's uh, There are linemen there that have looked good when they've gotten a small chance to play, but they have not had sustained opportunities to prove that they can do it as starters in the NFL. Mm -hmm. So I think that, that, uh, that they really have got to impress the coaches in order to justify their spots on the team. Yeah. And running back, I think we're downright thin. Yeah, I agree. I agree with that. And Jerome Ford are the guys that we really need to have on the team. Jerome Ford hasn't, what, I think he had like six carries last season. Looked great kick returner, but we really didn't see him operate out of the backfield like we should have. Mm -hmm. We should have had more carries for Jerome Ford last season just to see what what he could do. And um, so I think think there are are plenty of of, uh, opportunities for players to make this roster okay see that's going to be a problem steve traditionally andrew barry is always getting back to what elliot was talking about uh the offensive line traditionally andrew barry keeps 10 maybe 11 but then he takes away from another group so i would put it at at 10 offensive linemen probably will make this team okay this year (laughs) So let me see. These cuts are going to be crazy. (laughs) Well, we have a lot to look forward to. And I know, you know, we're going to be uh, more decisions are going to be coming uh, over the next couple of weeks. Uh, People are gearing up for um, 
summer uh, summer camp training camp. By the way, before we move on to our, our trivia question, um, the the brownies are going down to West Virginia, their new home, uh, well temporarily, um, to Greenbrier uh, Resort, and uh, they do have massages. By the way, all variety of massages down there. Um, just thought that was would be uh, handy for uh, <laughs> uh, some of our. Our, our players. Oh, don't anyway. go there. Okay. Handy. You say handy. You you said handy. I'm sorry. Just you know. Mm. Come on. <laughs> uh, what is that song? But in West Virginia, all I've been thinking about is the with uh, John Denver. Yeah. West Virginia. Um, West Virginia. West Virginia. Yeah. yeah. I spent ten years in West Virginia. I love West Virginia. Yes. What what, what part of West Virginia, Elliot? Morgantown. Oh, excellent. Oh, okay. Oh, my right ears. Yeah. That's awesome. Okay, so trivia question today. We're changing a little tune here. Back in the trivia, our dog pound trivia question. In 2007, the Browns drafted two players in the first round. They did. They did. They sure um, did. So we'll... we'll um, We'll come back to that question. Um, or would you like to answer that right now? Does anybody know the answer to that? I do. Oh, yeah. I All know right. one. Ellie, who is it? Pathetically easy. Well, they drafted Joe Thomas, and then well, they traded up um, because they they wanted to draft uh, Brady Quinn, and they didn't have the opportunity, so they decided that they would trade a number two draft pick to the Dallas Cowboys, I believe, Yes. And uh, they gave a 2008 number one draft pick along with their uh, 2007 number two. Have I got that right? You did. And, you did. Uh, I was I was reading some stuff about um, Brady Quinn's journey because he was being recruited, you know, that whole week prior. And um, that when he got passed at number nine by the Miami Dolphins, that's when he things really started to spiral out. And actually, you probably know this too, that, that the Baltimore Ravens were talking about taking him at 23. They were drafting after the Browns, and that's when the Browns moved up ahead. Maybe they knew that Baltimore was going to take Brady. and um, But then all this stuff happened with our front office. I mean, Brady got to the team, and then he didn't what he didn't play that first year much and then the second year he kind of came in but then the front office staff was cleared out again they got fired and so yeah i have a story about brady quinn by the way i have a conspiracy theory to offer you which has never (laughs) been presented before at any level oh boy this is breaking Uh, news folks part of fans first sports network actually i'd thought about this but uh, kind of dismissed it, but I had it confirmed for me on uh, you know, Fox radio show or Fox TV, no, radio show. But uh, he broke his finger. I think it was his rookie year. Yes. And I always wondered whether that affected his accuracy. But what he said on his radio show was that uh, he had a pin put in that finger and that when the doctor pulled it out, he actually grabbed a pair of pliers and then he, the doctor grabbed it with a pair of pliers and then actually put his foot on the table and pulled and he yanked it out and it hit the wall uh, when it came out. 
And uh, Brady, are you kidding me? No, I'm not kidding. And Brady says, and I believe him, that he never regained feeling in that finger. Yes, I've Gee, read I read. I wonder why that he's yeah. you know lost sensation in the end of that finger. And I thought, well, maybe that's why. You know, I, I think he was never really uh, super accurate, and that's why. No, he, he, but he's uh, talked about. I've heard that about his numbness that he didn't have that feeling after what you were mentioning. Oh, okay, and he, yeah, I never never uh, had heard that before, but I, I think that his wow. Uh, remarkable lack of accuracy might be attributed to that injury that he may never have been the same after that because i think really observing brady's uh, passing that he was one of the most remarkably inaccurate quarterbacks that i've seen he really was sam yeah, remember, you, you know, I'm he a sideline pass and it, he wasn't throwing it away but he would throw it and it would be off by like 10 yards. It would be right. out of bounds. Or I remember him throwing it to Braylon Edwards and Braylon Edwards would run out, run into the end zone and then run back to the 10 yard line to catch this pass. Now, holy cow. That I don't remember seeing a starting quarterback in the NFL that was that inaccurate. And I think it was not Brady's fault. I think it was because he lost his ability to control the football because he couldn't feel it coming off of his his right. hand, perhaps. Oh, I, I agree with you. Okay, Sam, so you now, this theory before. It's not I didn't invent this theory. You're saying somebody else said. Well, I think I've read some things recently too, uh, Elliot. Whatever you've read, I think I've read that also. That was. Oh, no, I didn't read that. I just made that up. I heard it from Brady Quinn that that he lost a sensation in that finger. No, I that's you wait. That's you heard that from from. Okay, oh, we're gonna go to Steve. Steve. No, no, I just okay. I'm laughing. Okay. Hey, oh, um, Sam. You, so, do you remember Brady Quinn? I mean, do you? I mean, you were like a, a, but a child. I um, that was my birth year. Okay. <laughs> so I wasn't alive. Born and I did the doctor say I anything about alive. Brady Quinn when you were born? No, no, they didn't say anything about Brady Quinn. <laughs> okay. They told yeah, my parents I, think, I, think I, the, I should be named that. Like, there's this Brown that got drafted in the first round by he's a quarterback. We think you should name your son that. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, you look like you've got some some red uh, hair, so maybe you've got some Irish blood or something. You so. you could go by Brady. We're just gonna start calling you Brady. All right. <laughs> <laughs> no. So okay. So we'll. Um, so those are the two picks. But at the time, and I think. Uh, all of us here, and except Sam, I know you were just, you know, a, but, but a, a, a babe at that point. I think just back then thought. it was really considered um, a big deal that we got Joe Thomas and Brady Quinn. I mean, we thought we were set. Like, we had our guy. Oh, yeah. There was a lot of euphoria in, in Brown's land um, at that point, thinking, you know, it's coming from Notre Dame. He, was, he had been a pretty accurate quarterback. And then all hell broke loose, and we continued down the road of more quarterbacks. Well, but we didn't have oh, any yeah. draft picks in 2008, though. You can't, you can't do that. You can't trade away future number one draft picks and think True. that you're going to build through the draft. I mean, yes. come on. 
I think they they had no number one. They had no number two, and maybe they had no number three. That well, when year. did Brady? When did uh, Whedon get drafted? Two thousand. Well, that's not building for the future, and you draft a guy that's thirty-five years old. I mean, come no, on. I know. <laughs> that's building second for the future. oldest, second oldest draft pick. Is that how old he was when he got drafted? Well, that's a good. No, trade. he was the second oldest. Who was the oldest? Oh gosh, the, the Satchel Paige Trophy. play football. The the Heisman Trophy winner out of Miami. Oh, um, oh, starts with a I can't w. think of his name. Can't think of his name. The third oldest I know was Drunken Miller, who got drafted by uh, San Francisco. Okay. But, uh, the the oldest by 150 games was Chris the Chris Wanky. Yes. That's it. Okay. 150 days. Yeah. So he's older 20, than Brad and Whedon. Almost 29. Yeah. Oh, my Lord. This <laughs> is more old, old history here, but our history, cardiac history uh, segment of our Fanatical Elf show. Um, I went back and I did some little research. You know, we tell, like, nice Sam, segue, we tell you, you guys who are the young you know, Browns fans that the Browns used to be really good, um, especially when they became, uh, you know, part of the NFL and, Paul Brown, you know, took over the, the the team and the Browns really started out well in the late 40s and going into the 50s. But when they got into the 50s, there was a stretch um, in the mid 50s, like 53, 54, where they were really good, but they were losing to like a team like the Detroit Lions. And in 1954, they had actually lost eight times in a row to the Lions so probably dated back to the 51 or 52 season, they they finally got they, – they actually lost to the Lions in a game prior to the NFL championship game, which was played uh, the week of Christmas in 54. And the Browns actually came back and beat them. They beat them 50 uh, – no, they beat them um, – yeah, 56 to 10 in the championship game. And they regained uh, another title. So that's our, our history – um, moment for the Brownies. Uh, do you guys remember that game, uh, Elliot and uh, Steve? Uh, that's a little uh, bit before. No, my I'm, time. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna be like Sam. I, I wasn't born yet. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> but I do know between uh, fifty and fifty-five, the Browns were in the championship game every year. Yes. And Paul Brown talked uh, autogram out of retirement before the 55 season. That's right. Because that we're talking about that in that game in the 54 game. So he did come back and play in the 55 season. Yeah. Okay. Otto Graham, seven yeah. championships. Yeah. Move over Tom Brady. Right. <laughs> yeah. Eight championships. Oh, you're right. Yeah. Fake, fake championships. No, he had one basketball championship. Yeah. Oh, Otto Graham. Yeah, <laughs> really? Yeah, he, he was a he before he became a football player. He was a basketball player, and uh, his team won the uh, the the world championship in 1945. Wow! Hey, Steve, yeah. do you have uh, or Sam? Do you have any other moments in Brown's history that um, you want to share out tonight, or we'll just go to our next segment? Uh, this one's a little old, but apparently uh, in 19, 
82. So you guys probably will remember this. The Brown, the there was an NFL strike leading to a shortened season. Yeah, so the Browns I made it remember. to the playoffs uh, at four and five. Yes, uh, yep. And yep. so that was Paul something McDonald. that I, Yeah, that was something that seemed pretty cool. Yes, that was a great. That was a weird season. I remember that I was a kid, and they, they what we struck. They strike most of the. They started the season, and then they went on strike, right? And then they came back. Yeah, and um, game two, some of the starters for the Browns because they lost terribly in the first strike game. Okay. And uh, they brought some starters back just to play in that game and okay. to win it. Uh-huh. <laughs> I think Dan Fike oh, was yeah. one yeah. of the players that was one of the replacements that they kept. Okay. Yeah, that was a strange uh, the offensive season. Offensive lineman. And then they, 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 Sam, did they play in the playoffs then that year? They got into the playoffs? Yeah, they were in the wild card. I think they lost. Them. Yeah, and they lost miserably. Okay. <laughs> I think and they then, played the Raiders. Fact, wasn't it then 85? Bill Belichick took over. No, no, no. Marty Schottenheimer yeah. took over in 85. They played, they got back in the playoffs. They played the Dolphins. You remember that game? They were down, they were up 21 to 3 at halftime. Yeah, I, yep. I still remember it. I was a kid, and I, I will always remember that moment. I'm like, oh, and I think they lost what twenty four to twenty one. They didn't score in the second half. Yeah, they they didn't throw the ball. Uh, they had Biner and Mac, who both had thousand yard seasons that year. Uh, they had a rookie quarterback in Bernie Kosar. Uh, the next year, they hired Lindy Infante, who was an offensive genius with Green Bay. And that's when they, I think they won 12 games that next year. Was that in 86? I, yeah, that yeah. was their best team, really. Yeah, it was. In my yeah, they were just stacked. That well, year. that whole season, that was a wild, you know, you think about that 86 season. And, you know, I've mentioned this before in other podcasts, but Bernie had a good season. But that those games, that playoff game against the Jets, if you go back and watch it, he made a lot of mistakes. The Browns oh, were able yeah. to overcome that and actually win it. They could have probably won it just in regulation, um, but they got down late. But they, they're, you know, they did come back. So they were down ten, late. Yep. Forced overtime. And Mark Mosley. And then none of those kickers could <laughs> kick the ball. You know, <laughs> went into the second overtime. I was there at the game. It was euphoria. It was the best moment as a kid that I'll always remember as a Browns fan. And that's part of the reason why I'm, I, I'm a Browns fan. All right, let me ask. Best game you saw live, everybody. John, you just said that. I just said mine, yeah. Sam, have you been to a, a, a game yet? Uh, not a Browns game, no. I'm a little little far away from them. Sam, we're going to okay. have to get you up here, man. Yeah. we got to get you to a game, Sam. Oh, I, or I, you, we're going to come you. down there and meet you in Houston. Uh, yeah, maybe. The How Browns you, play Ellie? in Houston uh, this yeah. season. Yeah, they do. It's okay. Like a four-hour drive. I'd make a four-hour drive to go watch the Browns if I had to. Okay. Well, you have to, man. Yeah, you have to. You're a fanatical. Elf. You're gonna be our. You're gonna be our beat writer down there. You're gonna be our beat. We're gonna have you live. That would be great. That would be really fun. That will. That we'll, would be we'll, cool. We will plan that. Part of the fanatical elf show, Sam. Our roving reporter will be down in Houston this year to provide you 
great coverage right there. He'll be right Hopefully there with the great. players. I don't know. We hope. I think that, I'll, I'll try my best. That's a great idea. I like it. <laughs> um, okay. So let's um, kind of wrap some things up here. Our Did You Know segment. Would anybody like to go first? I feel like I'm a, I'm a school teacher today. By the way, I, I want to share this out publicly because I know we have a doctor in the house and, and uh, uh, Dr. Elliot here, uh, or, or a physician, you know, he's, um, what do you, we're, you're in, you know, you've got all sorts of degrees in front of your name. He's a rocket scientist. A rocket scientist. So I've gone back to school and uh, working on my licensure for administration. So. I'm feeling a little, you know, overwhelmed tonight. We've been, I've been back since yesterday, and we've got head classes all day today and tomorrow. So, this this old guy's trying to still learn, and it's learning all these new things and Blackboard and technology. It's just a lot. So, I'm gonna have a, I'll have, see if I can get a doctor in in, in front of my name, Elliot. Okay. <laughs> Go for it. Uh, yeah. Did you know? Anybody like to lead off with that? Did we? Do we have a? Did you know, Sam? Do you have a? Did you know? Uh, I, I do. Um, it took the Browns 31 quarterbacks to find the one that wants, that's going to be a decent starter. I've still got my fingers crossed. Oh. Yeah. Well, yeah. Who is that, by the way? Watson, hopefully. Oh, well, mm, that's a little presumption. <laughs> yeah. Maybe 32 guys. I don't know. Oh, um, no. Don't say that. No. Baker Mayfield looked pretty good, actually, but okay. For one season he was. Then he sucked. <laughs> but but sam tell everybody i mean you became a browns fan because you really you you like baker yeah he was a cool person i wasn't i was uh, 11 so i wasn't paying attention to the stats as much as i am now so i just thought he was a cool person okay. and so i didn't really pay attention to if he did good or not but he was fine but obviously he didn't work out i gotta say though like those 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 progressive commercials were they were actually pretty good. Yeah, I really liked the progressive yeah. commercials. They were funny. I, I kind of thought that, you know, when they drafted him, I was like, okay, I can see it. I really could see it. I, sure. I thought he was kind of short, uh, you know. Well, I he don't lit like the world short... on fire when he came in I that third, third game against the Jets on Monday night football or whatever that Thursday night football. That was just. It wasn't the third game. It was a little bit into the season, but yeah. Well, it was the third game, I think. Was it? Yeah. I believe so. Oh, yeah. yeah. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. That first half was such a dud. Tyler. Uh, oh, Tyrod I mean, Taylor. Yeah. It was just, there was no <sighs> rhythm to the offense, and they brought Baker in after he took an injury. And it was crazy just how dramatically things shifted in that game. It was very exciting because the Browns hadn't won a game in two years. So yeah, that was that folks, that was the low light. Many of you who listen to the show that are diehard fans understand what we've been through in 2016 and 17. So we appreciate your support. You you've gone through hell and back. So um, did you know anybody else have a final segment that they'd like to uh, Steve or, or I, I have one. Yes, Elliot. I know Elliot does. Yeah, I, I do because we were talking about uh, drafting Brady Quinn and the consequences of moving up were that in oh, yeah. the uh, 2008 draft, the Browns didn't have a number one, didn't have a number two, didn't have a number three draft pick. So 
their top draft pick in 2008 was a number four draft pick, and they selected Bo Bell. Oh, Bell. University of Nevada, Las Vegas. Bo oh, Bell. Bill Savage. That was their. I remember that well. <laughs> their top draft pick in 2008. So it feels really great to move up and draft a quarterback. But man, you can't build through the draft by drafting a number well, four. Before we get. Season. Come on. Let me, before we get to the trivia part of our, our segment here, I do. Let's. Sticking to quarterbacks. And Steve, maybe we'll lead just off with you here the browns did draft a new quarterback um what are your thoughts of the kid from ucla and do you think that he could potentially be a a, a decent backup and potentially start for the browns and i i i think he'll beat out kevin mond um he's very athletic he is kind of almost deshaun watson mini me type thing uh Personally, draft-wise, I think they took him a little early. Mm-hmm. But if we remember that day, there was a run on quarterbacks that day. So uh, I know a lot of Browns fans got all oh, freaked freaked out about it. But I I kind of like the pick now that I look at it at the time. There was a lot of good safeties on the board, and I was kind of yeah. like going, "Oh!" <laughs> but yes. I can now that they've sound uh, signed Rodney McLeod. Okay, I'm I'm good with it. Right, Sam. What do you think of the new guy, uh, Thompson? Uh, yes, I, I like Tom- him. I think Grant Thompson Robinson. Yeah, I think he'll be yeah. a good backup. I I was definitely one of the people who was kind of confused. At the time of the pick, I thought it was kind of silly considering like uh, Jamie Robinson, I think, was someone who I was a big advocate of because of the he just yeah. fit our roles well. Uh, obviously, the yep. Panthers took him like three picks later, but uh, I like him. But there was just too many good players on the board for it to be a, a proper pick that I liked. I think he's still good. I think okay. he'll still be a solid backup in for a while. But just who, who, considering who was on the board, I think it was not the best. I actually ranked all my all the picks in my last podcast uh, a couple days ago. And I had him as a C, I believe, or maybe it was a little higher. Um, It was, was, yeah, it was a C, uh, Dorian Thompson Robinson, a C. And so I think, and the only reason I didn't make it a B plus or a B was because of just the talent that was on, on the, on the board at the, at the time. Sure. Sure. Good, good, good take there. Elliot. I loved it. I believe that the Cleveland Browns should be a quarterback factory. I think that if there's an opportunity to draft a player that your scouting department believes has a chance to become an above average quarterback in the NFL, you have to take him whether you need him or not. The Mm -hmm. Browns do not need a number one quarterback. They do not need a number two quarterback but there is room on the roster for a number three quarterback. You should have three quarterbacks on the roster. This is the developmental quarterback at number three, and he's not going to play for at least two years. I'm fine with that. Yeah. Keep him on the roster, develop him, and maybe in four years you might have somebody. But he ticks all the boxes for me. If you look at Bill Parcells' criteria – for how to draft a quarterback, you want to have a guy that's got four years that's played major college football, 
won a bunch of games and that has a high completion percentage and does this and does that. And he's got all of the requirements to be successful in the NFL. And he fits the same mold as the starting quarterback. You know, he can run, he can throw, he's fast. He can do everything that you want from a quarterback that fits the Cleveland Browns system. So this is a very, very good choice. He's not a stylish pick because nobody likes UCLA as a football power and nobody likes the system that they run because it's kind of a, you know, a gadget uh, system with uh, Chip Kelly. Kelly. (laughs) Chip Kelly's sort of a a nerd (laughs) coach. Okay. Nobody likes Chip (laughs) Kelly. So guys, I'm going to, I'm going to pause real quick. We got to go pay the bills and we will be right back. Okay. We are back on the fanatical elves show. Thank you for coming back and listening to the second part of our uh, wonderful evening. We are, we've been talking about all sorts of things with the Browns draft some of the veterans that might be coming and going. We've been talking in Brown's history. We just finished talking about uh, Dorian Thomas Robinson. Uh, right? Yes. Robinson. Yeah. Okay. Our, the, our new Browns quarterback, uh, backup quarterback. Um, let's do our giveaway. We, we are at the point in their show where we want to give away a prize because of these, all of our fans, we really appreciate you guys. We want you to spread the word talk to other Browns fans, tell them about the fanatical elves network. We're at elves network on YouTube, on Instagram, on TikTok. It's elves network We're on Facebook. So please spread the word, Sam, please. All those fans, all those kids out there in Texas, tell them about our network and get them to become Browns fans. You guys are impressionable. You know, you're, you know, you're young. We need more Browns fans. We need them. We don't need Cowboy fans. We need Browns fans. Yeah. So we need you first. Now, let me ask you, is your family, are they Browns fans? No, 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 no. Dang, what's wrong? Come on now. My mother's a Broncos fan because she lived in Denver for like 25 years. (laughs) Oh, we don't like doing that. Yeah, she lived there for 25 years. My dad is, he doesn't do all football, but I think he's more of a, just wherever we live, he's a fan. So we sort of, he was a Broncos fan because his wife was, and then he was a Cowboys fan. He's a Cowboys fan now. And then I have two brothers, and they both don't care at all. Okay. <laughs> now, are your brothers younger than you? Right. Yeah. Okay. My youngest brother is five, and my other brother's 12. Sam, it's your responsibility to lead the way with those brothers of yours. You we'll got to start them young. They're right there at the age. Start, yeah. yeah. Go buy some Browns gear. Get online. Say, guys, we are creating a new Browns group, and we're going to spread the good news to everywhere that you live. I know you're in, mm-hmm. what, Arlington? Is Arlington, that right? yeah. Yeah. So we're counting on you, Sam. I'll do my best. <laughs> so let's pressure. give away a T-shirt. We're giving away a Browns T-shirt this week. And our winner, everybody ready? Woo. The winner of our Browns T-shirt this week, and he's a follower of our, of our show and podcast, so we appreciate it. It's Rich Bornhorst at Rich Bornhorst. And uh, so congratulations, Rich. We appreciate you following us. Um, went back and saw that he has, um, he like he's a big Brown supporter. He likes to retweet some different things and in, in other contests. So congratulations, Rich, for following our show. Spread the news that, uh, to come over and watch our, our podcast. We've got some great shows 
Elliot's got his show with Joel, the left guard. Uh, they have the football philosophy and rocket science show. That is just awesome stuff. Um, I've got my own podcast, the Johnny Cleveland podcast. We've got uh, on any given Sunday show, which we'll be bringing to you tomorrow. Just kind of look at looking ahead. Rod uh, Bloom and his brother, they do the Browns Blitz every week. So we really appreciate that. Um, we've been covering the draft. We're going to be talking more about a training camp and something else that's coming up. And we're going to probably try to do a show um, this next week, a special show. And actually that my colleagues here, we haven't really talked about specifics yet, but something that I want to kind of go around the room um, and discuss is the schedule coming out. Schedule is looks like the NFL is May coming 11th. out on, on May 11th, and yeah. kind of get your takes on that, what you're expecting, what you think, uh, good things, bad things, and what you're looking forward to. Steve, let's lead off with you. I just want to see who the first game is. That's all I want to see. <laughs> and uh, the last four games. When, where. Right. That's all I care about. Okay. I don't care about the national games. You know, I live out of market. So, so the first game, yep. First any, game, any... I want to see. And the last four. Okay. That's what I want to see. Sam, what are you looking forward to? Uh, training camp, seeing how the rookies all perform. Okay. Yeah. Now, when did they start back? Do they start back sooner than later? Do we have a date? Uh, they have a I... rookie meeting. Uh, um, training camp and then they bring everybody in and then they're gone okay they have a mandatory after the rookie now on that schedule we have already identified that sam they're coming down to houston to play you in a, an away mm -hmm. game yeah they also have a three game stretch of west coast games this year i believe yeah seattle so, uh the rams and yeah denver I believe they yeah. play the Broncos. I think. Hmm. So there's a question of will the will the NFL gurus that do the scheduling, you know, tie all that in to where they can go out to the West Coast and stay out there? How is that going to look potentially? Um, Elliot, what are your thoughts on the schedule? Well, as you know, they typically arrange the schedule according to the finish that you had. And so the Browns get to play a second division schedule. That's probably a good thing. Mm -hmm. Also, if you had a poor season, they don't schedule you for a lot of Thursday night games and so on. And that's probably to the Browns advantage. So I yeah. think the Browns should have a fairly manageable schedule. That's a good thing. Kind of a vanilla schedule. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot to um, look forward to. I can I mean, see. I think, yeah. I could see two national games, maybe three. You know that Jets game is going to be national. Far versus Watson. So, mm. and the anniversary of you know the first Monday Mon night football. Monday game. night football is that the yeah okay. That could be week two. Yeah, they usually played the Jets early. Well, because yeah. back then they started later. Right. So. Right. Well, we're going to have to do um, – we are going to provide some coverage on on that um, coming up on Thursday. And uh, so we'll, we'll be having an additional show in addition to what we've already talked about. And uh, would love for you guys to come back if you're available. 
um, Thursday evening. Uh, I'm not sure when they're going to release that schedule. Uh, um, and actually, we oh, it'll I be think, leaking all day. Well, I think <laughs> what we're going to do, I think what we'll just because our fanatical elf show usually records on Thursdays, and that's what we normally do. So I will probably just continue with our fanatical elf show and have a special. Or we could do it live as they release the schedule. Well, we could, and that might be even more <laughs> exciting to our fans. I think that's a great idea. So come on back. Because we love doing live broadcasts. Oh, we had so much fun. Yeah, I think it was four hours on the one day. I, that Trying to do that download was that took took half the afternoon. But um, <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so final thoughts. Um, I know Elliot's saving some really good material. Elliot is our expert on everything with the Browns, especially historically. Um, but we're going to save some of that for upcoming some upcoming shows, but just final thoughts on everything we kind of talked about today, things you might be looking forward to, um, just final things. And then we're going to transition to uh, this next week of, of our um, scheduling week. So um, Sam, you want to go first? Um, really? I think it's going to really rely the season hinging on how our free agents perform and how our rookies perform. Cause it, I understand the rookies, they aren't going to perform incredible they're not going to have unless they have or like they're in like insane but really i think this season hinges on how well our free agents can perform and if our rookies can do well as well i think that'll um definitely boost us depending on how elijah moore goes if he's good that'll be great because he hasn't had the best situation he had zach wilson and then he had like half mike white half zach wilson good point and so he hasn't really had the best of quarterbacks and we're going to get a full season of Watson. So seeing how he does, hope. <laughs> um, hopefully, yeah. Um, hopefully Nick Chubb stays healthy. Obviously, he's been playing good. Um, you could tell Njoku and Watson were paired together well. So hopefully that connection keeps growing, Amari and Watson as well. Um, but I think depending on how our trades and free agents go, I think that's really what the season will hinge on to see how well we if we can make it into the playoffs. And obviously the Bengals, they're – Made, they've won the division two times in a row, made the Super Bowl two years ago. And so hopefully we're still that's probably our biggest challenge is having to play them. The Steelers Steelers are still a pretty decent team every once in a while. They still are have a winning record almost every year. And then the Ravens, obviously Lamar is coming back, but he got hurt last year and didn't play the whole season. So we'll see how he does. But really, I think it relies on how this team can perform the new free agents and the rookies and stuff. Thank you, Sam. That's great. Um, Steve. Samuel. I love it. <laughs> Thank you. He is our expert. Like, dude, you're like, uh, yeah, I enjoy listening you to could, Sam. you. You can't say it any better than that. How can I you mean, not like Sam, guys? If you're uh, listening to our show, you got to come back, man. Sam, is a, a he has a wealth of knowledge there for a, a young man who's a, he's a diehard Browns fan like all of us. So. I appreciate so that. it all it all hinges on uh well jim schwartz mm -hmm. uh bubba ventrone and uh kevin stefanski uh this is a different type of quarterback that stefanski's had to work with but he's made playoff quarterbacks out of cousins mayfield and Brissett had his best year under Stefanski. Right. So I'm going to bow to his knowledge, and I think this offense is going to look totally different 
than what we've seen under Stefanski so far. And I have I have faith in it. But I, I really like the fact that this coaching staff, the coordinators, are top notch. I, I cannot wait to see Jim Schwartz's defense. Oh, I, That's yeah, what I'm looking a lot forward to. Look, to. I agree. Elliot, final thought. I know you have a bazillion. I'm mostly impressed by how well-spoken Sam is. This is the first opportunity I've had to work with Sam. I think Sam was a brilliant analyst, and I'm really honored to share the show with Sam. Here, I thought you were going to pay me a compliment. Okay, I'll I'll, I'll (laughs) let it go. I think that's really, really amazing. I do also share the sentiment that I think Jim Schwartz has been given much more ammunition to work with for sure yeah we had last season so i think the defensive backfield in particular was very thin last season and i think that the draft picks and the free agent signings most importantly have given us some hope that there are there's going to be more talent back there to work with and i think that we might have better success at that <laughs> than we did last season so that's what I'm most interested to see is can we stop the pass with the defensive backfield and we also have some fat guys to play defensive tackle for a change <laughs> we've never had for the past two or three seasons. Those are the biggest changes that I see for the Cleveland Browns this season. So much to look forward to. I think it's, you know, we, the Brown as Browns fans, we are always very in tune with our team. Um, we really care about, we're passionate and uh, lots to look forward to again. Um, so guys, thank you so much for being part of our fanatical elf show. I think this was episode five after we did our eight or nine hours of draft. Uh, con- uh, I could never last weekend. I could never sit there for four hours and watch that. Oh, sure. You could. Oh, maybe I could maybe. <laughs> Well, we had a lot of fun. Guys, thank you so much for being part of this show tonight. We will be coming to you uh, later this week with another show, a Fanatical Elves show, uh, plus all of our other shows this week on the on the, our uh, network. So make sure to tune back in. Against the, again, the um, schedule is being released on Thursday. Um, so we will be looking at that. We'll come to you live um, as the schedule is being released. So make sure you tune back in, spread the word, the Elves Network on all those platforms, YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter. Follow us, guys. Again, go Browns. Thanks again, Steve. Thanks again, Elliot. (laughs) Thanks again, Sam. We appreciate you guys being here. Go Browns again, and take care, everybody. Go Browns. Woo-woo.